Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. RN, you glad we didn't say banana? You're like, he's a Nazi. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dog whistle. <laughs> Eperna Platform Podcast Lore Boys Podpolni Podcast No More Old in the Internet Yavash Dirizer Peter O'Donoghue I Somnoy Yavash Direner Eated Palmer Jankuya, it's me, James Biliat Hi everybody uh, in the non-Russian-speaking world uh, For now, at time of writing, we are not in the Russian-speaking world Let's, let's uh, not act like your Google Translate to Russian was Russian speaking, because I'm sure ah! I'm sure we just insulted somebody's grandmother or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, went to Polish. I didn't know any Russian, so I either said "little girl" or "thank you." I can't remember which one. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm not gonna ask why those two are mixed up in your head, but those aren't close at all. <laughs> one's Jevchenka and one's Jenkuya, and I can't remember. Uh, which one. I see. Oh, okay, yeah. phonetically simple. Well, hey. Everybody, it's the Lore Boys podcast. It's the internet's number one fake history podcast, which is what I was talking about there. Number uh, one, number one Russian fake history podcast too. Now, as of today, yeah. official. Yeah, officially, it's the thing. So, uh, this week's request uh, is Metro twenty thirty three, and this comes straight from the Kremlin via actually Hawk one three two one five seven, who is someone who just like popped into our Discord to request this months and months ago. I don't remember speaking to them much since, uh, but it is also a patron request uh, from Chris Van Schiss. Uh, he requested this as well after we did Roadside Picnic. Um, and then, of course, I would like to welcome our newest patron, Fragile Shark. Uh, he's been with us for a long time, and I'm glad that we finally wore him down and broke his will. So. Yeah, yeah Fragile is like a, a lore boomer. Like, he's just been around yeah. for, for a He was the yeah. first person to boost our server on Discord. Yeah. Yeah, every man will bend and eventually break. So we got him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, yes. So I guess the other little bit of housekeeping here in regards to Discord, which can be easily found at loreboys.com slash about or in the description below your podcast app. um, We're going to do another mailbag where we will stream with you guys and read all your emails and whatnot. So if you've got something you want to get in, please get it in before July 30th, 2021, because that is our tentative date that we're trying to shoot for. Uh, but of course, all those updates are going to be in Discord. Uh, so that's the place to be. That's the way you can reach us. Basically, you know, live inside rent free in our heads the whole yeah. time is is that old Discord. That's that's the way to do it. Um, yeah. Also, this time I'll make sure to hit Control S uh, before my computer reboots and deletes the original podcast audio. So podcast audio on this one will hopefully not be uh, Jamie and Peter and then just a tiny little quiet mouse of an Ethan uh, in the background but, uh, for the podcast. It, it sounded perfect to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. Yeah. 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 Our best episode ever, I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
fellas, uh, Metro. What's your guys? What's your guys' experience with the games or the books or fucking? Well, have you ever ridden a train before? Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask: Are we talking about the uh, transit system or are we talking about the uh, Quebec-based grocery chain? Uh, tra- transit system. Transit yeah. system. Okay, okay. So this isn't about Russian supermarkets. No, the supermarket episode is going to be when we do Stephen King's The Mist. Okay, so. perfect, perfect. I have right. a lot of notes to throw out, um, and I'm kind of kind of going in blind. No, I I read Metro 2033 when I was want to say 13, uh, something like that. I was I was on vacation with my family, uh, and I I read the book. Don't remember much of it, and then I've played Last Light. I think that's the second one, right? It is the second yeah, one. Yeah, so I played that one. Haven't beat it. Haven't beaten it. Uh, I got to the part where you're, you have to like ferry across a section of water, and those like gray ape things uh, start attacking you. It's like the first time you meet them, and I just had a save state that I didn't have enough ammo to kill one of them, and three of them come <laughs> out, and I was just like, well, I don't have any backup saves, and I'm not starting this game over. So that's my experience with Metro. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just- good. <laughs> I just pulled up my Steam because I had like a vague memory of it. I have Metro 2033, and on October 20th, 2017, I played 10 minutes of it. So. Okay. Oh. Still <laughs> eligible for a refund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, actually, you is still eligible to play for an hour and 45 minutes and get a refund. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. I mean, it's an older game, so the file is small. And I mean, if you just played on an easier difficulty, if this podcast inspires you, fucking you could beat it in an afternoon, dude. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it uh so after metro last light redux was given away for free on gog earlier this year i personally have officially played every single version of every single game in the metro series nice um and i've listened to most of the audiobook of the first uh the first novel because there's three um so i've listened to most of metro 2033 um the reason for this is like working from home has really fucked up my listening habits. Uh, I don't drive anywhere anymore, so I don't really have audio listening opportunities as much. Uh, so at time of recording, I'm on chapter 15 of 21, uh, which is called There Up Above. So that's how far I got uh, for the listeners at home who might be familiar with the uh, novel itself. That's why for any listeners uh, who are who have been wondering over the past year and a couple months, uh, why we've been such proponents of pushing people back into office before it was safe. Like we've been pretty vocal about wanting to get people back to work. It's because we were concerned that the lack of drive times and commutes would lead to a lower listener uh, right. listener rate, which uh, hasn't, hasn't been exactly true, but maybe we'd be at, I don't know, 50 million downloads by now. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, ugh, oh, yeah, it's the worst. And, uh, <laughs> bullshit. And like to, you know, to go alongside with Pete listening to 15 out of 21, we're going to cut this episode at 45 minutes without giving you an ending. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Look forward no, to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, that's where I finished the book. And I know I beat in the game, but who gives a shit? And then just cut the audio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> um, all of the games uh, and in all of their versions and as well as the uh, from what I've heard in the novel um, have my patented seal of approval. I think they're all great. A lot of them are very cheap right now, and they're they're all good in their own ways. Um, the OG Metro twenty thirty three though is is like the definition of Euro jank though. It like looks really good, but there's like clearly some quality of life stuff that was implemented in the Redux. So if you had to choose one, I would say twenty thirty three Redux is where to go. If you've only got eight hours to live, and you can only beat one video game, 
make Redux that video game. I think go. I own the Redux too because I'm pretty sure it went free on Epic Game Store like a while back. But yeah, it's it's was, entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I might own it on Steam and Epic Game Store for that reason, but I'm not positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the original text, Metro 2033, was written by Dmitry Glukovsky and was published in 2002. Um, so I don't know when you would have, I guess you would have read it uh, after was... the game came out because it was only published in English in 2010 as a tie-in for the first game. Oh, maybe I read it when I went to Cuba then. Yeah. I was 18 when I went to Cuba, so that lines up yeah might have just come out yeah, I, yeah it, or came out in english that is yeah um the sequel novels metros 2034 and 2035 were released in 2009 and 2015 respectively so okay you mean the sequel novels aren't called last light and Ex- exodus is the third one correct yeah. yeah uh they are not they diverge fairly significantly it's kind of like well we'll get into the comparison that's the purpose of the episode is to explain game and book in comparison to each other but uh, it's a lot like The Witcher, where, yeah. you know, The Witcher games are basically fan fiction set in that universe. Uh, the games themselves do draw from all of the novels, as far as I can tell, but uh, I've only really read, you know, most of the first one. So I thought, but we'll I get thought into the that. sequel would be like Metro, then Terminal, then Bus, then Destination or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all based on uh, Dmitry Glukovsky's walking directions to his office. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, why there film... hasn't been a new Metro book, because he hasn't been commuting. Freaking COVID, it... am I right? Ugh, COVID, man. Yeah. hate that stuff. <laughs> uh, a film was also planned, but Glukowski pulled the plug. Uh, he refused to have the story Americanized, in his own words, because uh, the filmmakers wanted to move the film from Moscow to Washington, D.C., uh, and he was quoted as saying the themes of his story no longer worked in a completely foreign country. Fair. I mean, obviously, like, obviously. especially <laughs> yeah. when that foreign country, like the country gap that we're going is communist Russia to the United States of America. They were kind of polar opposites for a good 60 years, 50 years. There. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, a new film being written by Glukowski is now planned for 2024. And it is funny that you mentioned that, Ethan. COVID delayed it by a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> friggin', friggin' COVID. Am I the only Am one right? saying this? Friggin' COVID, man. Ugh. <laughs> So Preach, I hadn't heard of it. Preach it, now. sister. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here um, first. He... COVID, no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary speech here on the Lord Boys. <laughs> um, a new, fi- uh, excuse me, I, I read that already. Uh, the video games all follow a young Russian man named Artyom uh, and his various dr- journeys throughout the Moscow metro in the years 2033-235. So he, it is still set in the same time period. He just does some different shit. Um, And this is all following a nuclear apocalypse that uh, occurred in the distant future of 2013. Okay, yeah, sure. I I recall that. Friggin' COVID-13, man. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like we all all, uh, retreated away from a pathogen uh, into the, you know, safe and cramped metro tunnels below (laughs) the city. (laughs) Well, we tried to... Mayans had the apocalypse pretty much right. It's just with the time, like the time wasn't just quite lining up with their calendar and ours, you know, kind of shifted over the years. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, COVID-19 actually kind of was major in 2020. That's when the world felt the repercussions of it. So, you know, really, they could have called it COVID-2012. 
Coney 2012. Coney 2012. Coney I don't know. There's something there. Maybe it'll be the title of this episode. Who knows? Uh, yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, people in or near the Moscow metro at the time of the bombings retreated into the tunnels to live on. Um, it could be argued, however, that the true main character of the series, uh, just between the books and the games themselves, is the Moscow Metro itself. Uh, and Moscow Metro itself, excuse me. Uh, so a little bit of real lore is what we're going to dive into first, because obviously, as you can imagine, a metro system built during the Russian Empire and Soviet Union has a fairly interesting story behind it. Okay. <laughs> There's like going to be a test at the end, everybody. So make sure to pay attention because we're going to yeah. ask you how to get from point A to point B. And you got to tell us the best. Yeah, yeah. if you multiple <laughs> choice. So don't worry, but. Figuring out how to navigate the metro system is actually the final test in becoming a civil engineer. So uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they just they choose a bunch of random metro maps. Uh, you basically get 10 different metro maps from 10 different cities, and you have to solve eight of them best route. You don't have to get all 10, but at least eight out of 10, you have to have chosen the best route to get from A to B. Right. Yeah, you have to sign a waiver as well. If you get completely lost and starved to death during your exam, then that's not on the university. No, no. Or if you're trying to cross, uh, use a raft to cross a river and... Uh, giant gray eight people come out and uh, beat you to death. That's not on the university either. Because <laughs> it happens. Sometimes you don't have enough ammo to, to fend off the ape men. Okay. Hey, okay. So universities pay your NCAA students, protect us against the ape men. Those are the two <laughs> things that I, the two things that I vote on. <laughs> There's a way to beat the ape men. It involves like a fox, a chicken, a bag of seeds. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just an order. It's an order issue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You don't want to leave the bag of seed with the ape men because they go, well, ape for that. Yeah, uh, they do. <laughs> but foxes, of course, will eat ape men. So. <laughs> uh, so the Moscow Metro itself, like I said, was planned by the Russian Empire. Uh, however, it encountered a few minor hiccups and had been delayed a few times. Um, in order, these hiccups were World War I, uh, the, October <laughs> the October Revolution, and the Russian Civil War. So... Nothing major. I just think that they're lazy and didn't want to get it done. They're just looking for excuses, frankly. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. You, you can't overthrow the Bolsheviks and build a metro system. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after all of that was settled, the Central Committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union uh, <laughs> approved the first designs for the metro in 1932. Uh, okay. It was to be 80 kilometers or 50 miles in length. And yes, I checked. However, the Soviets have scrubbed all records as to how many filthy capitalist football fields that would have been. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> we haven't gotten that. We haven't gotten that back yet. Uh, yeah, it's just it's sharpied over in the yeah. in the, the KGV documents that they release every. Putin won't years. fucking tell us for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first line opened in uh, on May fifteenth, nineteen thirty-five, and consisted of thirteen stations. Uh, the Soviets, like anyone really, uh, use this as an excellent photo op and propaganda extravaganza. Uh, they marked, uh, they marketed the Metro as a true triumph of socialism. Uh, and May 15th was a day of celebration, celebration with concerts and parades. Um, the Bolshoi Theater, uh, mm -hmm. had a chorus and this is like the most Soviet thing ever had a chorus of 2,200 Metro workers singing <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like it's like a, an entire stadium of employees. You you have now. you have beautiful voice, comrade. You're going to work underground. 
<laughs> yeah, and then and then participate in the chorus. Yes, this is mandatory. Yeah, because uh, oh, uh, they were uh, the workers were singing and handing out leaflets detailing in quotes the songs of the joyous Metro Conquerors, which is <laughs> I want a vinyl of that personally. Like oh. I would I would listen uh, to that. <laughs> oh, you are very good at keeping trains running on time. Put on these tights. You're going to dance ballet for the masses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this whole thing, uh, or at least the concept behind it, uh, I'm sure as you can imagine with any kind of good, uh, you know, propaganda show was a complete lie. Um, the production of the Metro, uh, the means of which I will have you know we have certainly seized, don't worry, uh, was done by Soviet laborers. They didn't have a fucking choice, but the design routes and all the construction plans were handled by Charles Holden and Frank Pick among other educated professionals who had worked on the London Underground since that had been in operation <laughs> since 1863. Beautiful. So they didn't have the people to staff to safely design a metro system, so they went to imperialist Britain and hired guys from there to, I mean, to help them design the metro. It's kind of a lot like NASA using all the Nazi rocket scientists too, right? Just like, yeah, we That's don't know how true. to do this, so we're going to get the experts. Doesn't matter their background. <laughs> yeah. Um, the NKVD, uh, at this time were like the secret police running around. I don't know if they predate or were in parallel to the KGB. They, they were dissolved in the forties. Uh, the NKVD got very paranoid having all these snaggletooth Britons lurking around. Uh, so they staged a mock trial in 1933 and deported them, figuring that they were spies. <laughs> <laughs> well, first things you got to dig a hole in it. Like, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how hard can it be? Well, now the British know where all our holes are, yeah. and we like, can't can't have that. <laughs> right, right. You, you know how you know how to dig a hole. Uh, now you just got to put a train in it. Yeah, right, right. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, you're gonna want a sideways hole though, so that you can have an opening at both ends to get the train through. And they were like, these people, they're conspiring against us. They're gonna bring down the Soviet Union. No, no, opening at both ends is two holes. You told me one hole. <laughs> well, that's a that's an interesting kind of philosophical conundrum, isn't it? How many holes does a straw have? Exactly. <laughs> I think it's a semantics conversation more than a philosophy <laughs> thing. I guess. Yeah. No, no. I'm <laughs> pretty sure Descartes first posited the question: How many holes does a straw have? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I have two holes, therefore I am. <laughs> I think we have one hole. It's one continuous hole from mouth to anus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's the one that I agree with. Straw has one hole, Descartes. Give it the yeah. fucking program. <laughs> We're just like weirdly shaped donuts that absorb things on the inside of our donut hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So after the deportation of these British spies... Um, Three more stages of metro construction were completed after 1935, and then one more after the inconvenience that was World War II. Uh, following Hitler's defeat, the USSR and the USA, as we know, uh, decided to have a Cold War. But this one here, uh, not a whole lot of action, Jackson, in this case here. So the Soviets continued to expand the metro during the Cold War. However, some of the newer stations were built with preservation in mind. Uh, they dug deep stations on the Arbatsko-Pokrovskaya line uh, and installed life-sustaining life doors on multiple other stations uh, throughout the, the time of the Cold War. The intent should be obvious. 
It's Bunkers. bomb shelters. Exactly. The preservation of the societal elites, which would be tired people going to work at seven in the morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> the best among us. <laughs> just like just like some some snobby rich guy. Like, uh, sir, we have we have to escape to the bomb shelters. They're in the metro. The what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> As if someone important to the USSR would not have his own bunker. Yeah, yeah. Or just like go to one below the Kremlin. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. With 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 everybody who needs to take public fucking transit. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we're gonna go. I've never given it much thought, but I guess in our own metro system, there's got to be like. I guess at the end stations, places where like whole ass cars can drive down into the metro station, right? Like I mean, everything yeah. I've seen has all been like people sized, but you must be. Able well, to I've seen at Angrio where the trains turn around. Like there is like yeah. the depot at the end of one of our metro lines where the trains are turned around, like just on the tracks. I don't know. Some of them might have a turntable where it just rotates the cars. But as far as I know, our trains now are like palindromes. They just yeah, go forward I, and backwards. I didn't know they ever turned around. I thought they always went forward and backwards. Like, because they have they have uh, driver's seats at both ends, right? Yeah, it, it's just, I, I, it's this may be a, I'm misremembering it. I haven't been to this particular station in years, fuck. Yeah. But I remember seeing like the terminus that I would get off at sometimes to go see like friends of mine. I think they they spin around like you can see them all parked at the end. But regardless, that's the I train breakdance tunnel. Uh, just for the record, the uh, <laughs> for the record, Angrio Metro here is only I looked it up like 17 feet underground. So if a bomb dropped on Montreal, anybody taking shelter there would be just, you know, obliterated. <laughs> it's, sure. Sure. it's it's barely deeper than like an apartment. I wonder what our yeah. deepest metro is. Ah, about... I actually know that it's in this episode. Oh, good. My feet yeah. are four feet underground right now. My head's pretty much almost at ground level. Ground level. Yeah, duck and cover, dude. Yeah. Well, if the bomb hits far enough away, it'll just like go like it's going to hit the ground and then the the shockwave's going to go exactly perfect, like just level with the ground, yeah. right? And so you'll get a haircut. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to like take the legs off of all my <laughs> furniture just in case. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all the wheels like off your office family. chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh so our main character Artyom's uh home station is uh Vedienskaya which is VDNK lowercase h, okay? Uh, but in English and in the translations, it's called Exhibition Station. Uh, it was built in 1958 and is one of the deepest stations on the line. It is 176 feet below ground. Wow. And uh, I, I know you guys raised this question. Again, the local comparison, the deepest station in the Montreal metro is Honoré Beaugrand, which is the terminus at the opposite end of the line that I was just talking about, mm -hmm. and it is at the little bit depth of 97 feet only. Okay. Yeah. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah. That's still pretty good. That's yeah, still pretty not bad. good, Peter. Okay. It's not Peter? 176, and they did that in the fucking 50s. <laughs> Using British documents and Soviet and, and Soviet laborers. <laughs> When it's that deep, do they have, like, uh, it, you have to get up and down quickly, right? So to get down quickly, you can have, like, fireman poles. So all those people with their briefcases on their way to work can just, like, fly yeah. down real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And they just blast the Batman theme at all the workers the entire time to make their coast faster. <laughs> There's always that one elderly person that you go flying into because they go down slower than the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, because of their old rickety bones. Uh, old people fall slower just like they walk slower. <laughs> um... Pete, I do want to. I do want to call it because it was the Russians who who dug the deepest ever hole. Period. Yes, uh, they did. So they do seem to have some kind of fascination with depth. Maybe 
Yeah, uh, pissing off the United States, digging a hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> gotta... Hey, comrade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was, for reference, you said the uh, station was 160 feet? 176 would 176 be Varenska. 176 feet. This is 40,230 feet <laughs> deep is the deepest well, hole ever dug. Why did they do it? 12 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just insane. Why did they why do, it? do it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, last I heard... I heard. Go ahead, Peter. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say something stupid, please. I, real facts. <laughs> I, I, last I heard was they just did it to see how far they could go. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually read the, the wiki page, so. They got to like negative 20 or whatever it is in Minecraft where you just your pickaxe doesn't work anymore and they, they gave up. <laughs> yes, yeah. so Wikipedia just says uh, it's the result of a scientific drilling project. <laughs> oh, no, wait, it probably was just to see what they'd find. Oh, apparently Qatar has dug a deeper hole. Uh, but for oh. the for the express purpose of um, uh, oil, of course, it's, well, a, it's an actual oil well, uh, the Al Shaheen oil well, and that's deeper than twelve kilometers. Uh, so yeah, it's there were v- looks like they're very similar in length. It's twelve two sixty two meters is the uh, Kola super deep borehole in Russia, and yeah. twelve two eighty nine. So about 27 meters deeper was the uh, the oil uh, the oil well. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't even think that oil could exist that deep. It's because it's only a certain age where we drill it. So it would have to be somewhere in the strata of the crust of the earth. Anyway, I, mean, I, just... yeah, I don't know how that works, man. I know a lot of yeah. a lot of oil is actually vegetation like it's not dinosaur. Uh, it is older than dinosaurs. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's usually <laughs> yeah. just plants. Yeah. Ethan, since you're a vegetarian, you only buy that kind of gas for your Yeah, body, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I I asked, Oh, did this did this come from a giant lizard or uh <laughs> is this like uh <laughs> gas and vegan gas? It's like, <laughs> like, like, like $30 difference. It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but now there's there's uh drug dealers selling woke coke. And it's uh, ethically sourced cocaine that uh, hasn't like hurt people and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, the way you you phrase the question, I don't know if you guys have seen that dealers are selling this thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, it's uh, it's on the the internet. I would yeah, yeah. purchase oh, right. Of course. Of yeah, yeah. I I prefer my uh, cocaine non ethically sourced. Thank you. Yeah, I like to get it directly from Nestle. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing worse than a Coke dealer, Nestle. Yeah, it's a good cat. I just um, I, I want to know who this this is for. Like, who's doing drugs, but like also like oh, well, like and talking about their self virtues and all this stuff the whole time. Because it, it's just for people on Twitter. It's just for check marks. Like yeah. that's that's who it's for. Although I mean. Of all the drugs to be uh, peace and love, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have pegged cocaine as the one to be like no. yeah, yeah, super eth- ethically sourced. Like it's eighties businessmen that do cocaine, right? That's what the movies yeah. tell me. So <laughs> anybody, if you've ever done cocaine in your life, you're an eighties eighties businessman. Hate to be the one to tell you, but that's oh, no. it. You're it now. You're Better, a bad guy in a Christmas movie. Buy Take six blacks and suspenders, man. A yellow yeah, tie with a blue your shirt. Phone, start yelling buy and sell into a cell phone. Yeah. And- just yeah. walk down the street. Yeah, your, your, your name's Wolf now, or uh, Jackie, something. or yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. So that's the end. I mean, that was a little tangent about gasoline and cocaine, but um, <laughs> that is the end of the real history of the uh, Moscow Metro, because the history of the Metro series pretty much runs in parallel with our history 
exactly as it is up until 2013. When bombs drop. Exactly. So on July 6th, 2013, which was my sister's 20th birthday, uh, conflict broke out somewhere in the Middle East. Uh, people don't know anymore. Um, and quickly dragged in the rest of the world. Uh, countries around the world realized that their nukes had been collecting dust and depreciating in value. So they were just like, we got to use them and we got to use them now. Smoke them um, if you got them. Exactly. So apparently every leader around the world that had nukes available had the same thought That's over the course of three days. Can, yes, I, exactly. can, we, can we lore boys canon that the reason war broke out in the Middle East was Russia was upset that somebody dug a deeper hole than them? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason for the whole thing going to hell. Russia was just like, yeah. how dare you? How dare yeah. you dig deeper hole? Yeah, Loreboy's Loreboy's cannon. Uh, the Russian government used its contacts in the Middle East to destabilize Qatar as revenge for digging a slightly deeper hole. Yes, <laughs> or or maybe they were nuking their own holes to try and get it deeper than the other ones. Oh you know? yeah, and it set off oh, all the yeah. seismographs and everything, and then the U.S. was like, "They're bombing us." <laughs> So, yeah, some, exactly. nerd, some nerd scientist in the White House was like, um, well, actually, sir, they seem to be bombing themselves. And the president of the United States was like, I don't give a damn. Send the nukes, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to fire some at the UK, Pakistan, Israel, and China for good measure. Yeah, yeah. They all got fucking nukes, too. <laughs> I, I guess um, if it's 2013, me yelling like that was my impression of Obama. So, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, excuse me. Which was pretty spot on when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Obama's stereotypically gruff voice. <laughs> Change. Yes, we can. <laughs> Blow up Qatar. Yes, we can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, uh, so anyway, the the world ended over the course of three days. Uh, by July 9th, twenty thirteen, the world had ended. Um, there was very little lead up to the end of the world. Uh, the population of Moscow uh, at this time was not under any kind of like lockdown or occupation from a foreign power. Uh, Artyom at this time was four years old and he was just getting ice cream with his mother at the Moscow Botanical Guardian uh, Guardians Botanical <laughs> Gardens. The, the um, his legal guardian at the Botanical Gardens uh, was buying him ice cream uh, the day the bombs dropped uh, in a Moscow. That's a cool idea for a D&D character, though, like a giant flowery dude who's a botanical guardian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then if, if he ever dies in game, uh, years later, he'll be used as gasoline. Oh, yeah. There we <laughs> go. Ethically considerate gasoline. Yeah. If he dies <laughs> right. in Qatar at the bottom of the deep hole, then we'll find him one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, the fact that they were at the botanical gardens uh, likely saved their lives because they were very close to one of the newer metros that saved their lives. Um, this is identical in both the book and in the games. Okay. Artyom and his mom were at the botanical gardens the day the bombs fell. Um, I, this is gonna, I'm going to fuck this one up here. Uh, eventually, Artyom and his mom moved into Timiryazevskaya metro station, gonna... uh, which at time... At time of writing is across the street from a McDonald's. So okay. thank God. <laughs> I'm going ju to jump in and saying no knowledge of the Russian language. I'm going to say you nailed it. You just uh, yeah. you nailed thank that you. one, Pete. Lore Boys Cannon, yeah. I did it right. <laughs> the way you made um, your voice a little bit deeper and you kind of like said different words different. That was that was good. That was good. It, I was I was entranced. It's yeah. hard for me to say all this Russian shit in my regular voice. Something about it just like <laughs> makes me drop it a couple of octaves to sound I, scarier. Uh, you were saying it, and all I could think to myself was, I can't understand this just like Russian. Yes. Right? So <laughs> I can't understand either. And I was, I, you, you swept me away. 
Yeah. I googled what? it to make sure it was real, uh, and it is, and I love the fact that it's, like, across the street from a McDonald's, because it's like, ah, yes, the Soviet Union is healing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, What's the name of that, that principle where you have to, like, be good enough at something to know that somebody else is bad at it? I, I forget what it's called. But yeah. 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 That's exactly that. You're like, I don't know it, so... Sounds perfect. Must to me. be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna slaughter this, and like, and no one will correct me. So here yeah. we go. <laughs> I uh, I have um, to assume that uh, when they built that McDonald's across from this metro station, that Lenin started spinning in his grave so much so that they hooked up turbines, and he's now powering the metro system itself. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there's like magnets at either end of his at at, at either end of his coffin. <laughs> Anytime someone does a capitalism in Russia, he just rotates and like <laughs> yeah, one, the, the, the lights kind of shimmer a bit. Yeah, one <laughs> hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody could charge their electric toothbrush off of Lenin's corpse. They're like, "Hey, I did it!" <laughs> uh, for an unknown amount of time, Artyom and his mother lived at this metro station uh, with other survivors until one of our podcast episodes started playing. Uh, the episode in particular would be the doom of Kavzar. Um, oh, there you go. Tens of thousands of rats had retreated from the surface into the metro tunnels and just got to fucking. So there was a massive rat nest somewhere near uh, Timirya Zevskaya. Mm -hmm. Uh, And eventually the stampede of rats just poured out into the station, suffocating as well as devouring the human population there. Um, Fleeing citizens were followed by starving rats. Two full metro stations like down south of the line, uh, while people were operating rail cars to try and escape. Um, Artyom's mother passed him to a man named uh, Alexander Sukhoi uh, prior to being devoured herself by the wave of rats. Take my baby, I'm gonna get eaten by rats! Like, yeah, or it's just like, she's like handing up a four-year-old Artyom as rats are crawling up her arms, like spiraling towards her wrists, and and then she just evaporates into a cloud of rats yeah. as Sukhoi grabs... Sukhoi grabs a little toddler Artsio. Because remember, he's like five or six years old at this point. So he's not like at, you know, you can't just like huck him or put him in a wicker basket and put him, set him down the river of rats to safety. Like he's a, probably like a three foot kid weighing like 50 pounds. Non-huckable. I picture, I picture no. his escape being on those, those like push <laughs> things. Like, uh, That's it. Uh, that, is, that is it. That's On a man powered rail car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, this well, because they run, you're going to run out of gas. So if you can use a man-powered rail car, that's you know infinite energy. Well, hook Lennon up to it, you're ready to go, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Lennon in his grave, infinite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in the Metro 2033 game, uh, Artyom simply states that his stepfather had saved him as a boy within the Metro. Uh, so Sukhoi is his stepfather now, right? Okay. Um, and the rat stampede was actually modified to feature larger kind of like mole men things called nosalises, uh, which gives us a combat scenario. So the, the rat storm was adapted into the video game, but placed in 2033 as R2 as an adult. So the gamer has something to fucking do, right? Okay. Yeah, sure. His sister hands him her infant child while he's trying to run away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the end of the event is the same. Uh, Artyom is saved by uh, flamethrower-wielding men defending another station. In the novel, it is Seviolov, and in the game, it's Riga. Uh, but the event leads to the same point throughout. The, it is directly just transposed from his past to his present in the game, just because it's you know more fun that way. More gamer mode. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a gamer, dude. I don't want to be playing a screaming baby in my mom's arms while she's devoured by rats, bro. Give me a fucking gun. 
<laughs> Come on. That's the that's only a Kojima game. You just play <laughs> as a baby screaming oh, yeah. for eighteen yeah. hours. Quick aside, his making his own director's cut of a game that he was in complete control of is the stupidest fucking distilled <laughs> Kojima shit I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. This is how yeah. I would have done it if I had exactly as much control as I did the first time. Yeah, exactly. I, like, is he just talking about self-control? Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so the change of, like, events uh, in the novels to, like, being kind of modified into combat scenarios happens a lot in the games for obvious reasons. They are shooters, um, so there's not a whole lot, like, uh, anything interesting that kind of could ha- <laughs> could be improved by putting a gun in your hands very often is. Uh, in the novel, Artyom is armed and trained. Uh, he does kill both people and mutants in self-defense. However, obviously in the game, his body count goes from like a dozen to like literal hundreds of both guys i'm sorry to interrupt but i'm just gonna post a photo in the boys this is uh on the steam page for for metro 2033 like on the first page <laughs> and it's just so- <laughs> uh okay so i guess for the listeners at home it's a community guide how to yeah. walk uh and it's how would you peter how would you describe the avatar for the the person giving the the, the guide here it's like a wall-eyed bald woman with no nose yeah <laughs> like, no nose and no chin um kind of no, like kind of yeah. like the end of a finger if somebody had painted lipstick and eyes on it and given it yeah. hoop earrings um <laughs> and so the, the community guide is how to walk and it just says press and then in quotations w which is yeah. uh gamer yeah. default for walk yeah. Like every single game ever. <laughs> why does this exist? And why is that the picture? That's so funny. Wazd was only like codified as like default controls in like the mid '90s or something. There's, I think it was like Quake or something. Don't quote me on that. It's one you can pull up the clip if you want. But it was like there was a certain game that made Wazd like our we've, thing. We've talked about it on air before. Yeah, sure. it sounds. Ja- it, it was one of Jamie's episodes. It was like Doom yeah. or, or Quake or something. Is whenever you had to use the keyboard and the mouse at the same time, so it's definitely yeah. a shooter. And, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, like I said, uh, he kills a lot more people in monsters in the games because uh, it's a game. Yeah, yeah. Um. And much of Archeom's life between 2013 and 2033 remains the same between the two versions. He grows up with Sukhoi at Exhibition Station, uh, helping out, working as a guard against uh, mutants, bandits, and something seemingly more sinister. Uh, which are the mysterious Dark Ones, which are the antagonists, apparently, uh, in the novel and in the first in the first novel and in the first game. Um, okay. The dark the Dark Ones are one of the many supernatural forces, or seemingly in some cases supernatural forces, tenuously coexisting with humanity now down in the tunnels. Um, they're very tall, slim humanoids with very very long arms and like three fingered hands. Uh, they have uh, dark gray or black skin and are described by some people as homo novus, which is Latin for new, new man. man. Yeah. New um, man. And they are thought to be the next yeah, step like in our I evolution. <laughs> Newman. Like, yeah, I love that They look a lot more like um, Kramer, though. Very <laughs> lanky. <Yeah. laughs> what if Kramer was um, Newman? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Metro 2033. If Metro, <laughs> if Kramer was Newman, that's really the theme of the book that wouldn't work in DC because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. you can't just move it from New York to DC. That's no, ridiculous. Obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the they, they're they're adapted for life on the surface. Uh, their appearance in game is very, very, very similar to how they're described in the novel. Uh, the artists 
clearly we're just working with the very good description from the from earlier on in the game uh, earlier on in the novel really when designing the dark ones as models um the dark ones began appearing in the metro some years ago um and they appear a lot like kramer to uh project some kind of psychic force that drives people insane um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so people, when kind of in contact with the Dark Ones, uh, go mad and will just drop dead of insanity or go crazy and kill each other. There is a moment at the beginning of Last Light, I believe, where some guys are contacted by Dark Ones and, uh, all the humans in front of the player transform into monsters. Um, and then when you kill them all, you like, you know, come back to your senses. You're the monster. You realize you've slit your friend's throats. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that goblin mission in Oblivion. I don't know if you guys ever did that one. I never played it. Maybe I, I maybe did. Yeah. It would have been a while. I don't remember it in any case. Yeah, it's it's the only side quest I really remember from that one completely is that you you like get high with a mercenary company and kill a bunch of goblins. But when you go back to the town that you just cleared out, you realize it's just a bunch of civilians and you were hallucinating <laughs> the whole thing. Oof. Very good. Yeah, Oblivion. Oblivion had. Much better side quest, in my opinion, than Skyrim, which I think what absolutely uh, what yeah. entranced me to it so much. Mm -hmm. mm. Sorry, Pete, we uh, stopped vamping right as you took that big swig of your beer. I'm huh. sorry. Uh, in the novel, uh, uh, now now I'll cut him off whenever he does. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good ones in Skyrim. I, I like to some, but there too are, many yeah. is is the thing that we were talking about with cyberpunk. Like it, yeah. it just the good gets outweighed by the boring. Yeah. Right. Uh, in the novel, Artyom reveals to a Spartan ranger named Hunter that he and his friends had made contact with the Dark Ones when they were younger by heading up to the surface near the Botanical Gardens. Um, uh, near the Botanical Gardens, excuse me. Uh, in both the first novel and the second game, uh, a Dark One saves Artyom and his friends from flesh-eating mutants. Uh, they're like mutant dogs in the book, but in the, uh, in the game, they're like one of the specific enemies called Watchmen, which are kind of okay. like these flat-faced rat monsters that can stand up on two legs. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, a Dark One saves him saves him and his friends from that, and it seems as though they have marked him uh, because Artyom does have some kind of psychic resistance uh, that does save him throughout the games and the novels, as well as people around him. He's much more resistant to the hauntings and the Dark Ones themselves. Like, he's is made contact with the Dark Ones and does not immediately go insane. <laughs> he's just Alex Jones, dude. He has it all figured out. He's not yeah, gonna exactly. <laughs> foil hats, man. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> The tinfoil hat and the gas mask is what protected him exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of goblins, they're turning the watchers gay. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Kissing goblins. <laughs> um, the dark ones would start venturing into the metro through the botanical garden uh, station door since it didn't reseal properly behind them. Um, Hunter's visit to exhibition sets off Artyom's journey in every version of 2033. In the game, he is well-known to Bosuhoi and Artyom. Uh, he tells them that he's off to investigate these Dark One attacks and gives uh, Artyom his ranger dog tag and tells him to go to the large central station of Polis uh, if he doesn't return in a few days. But uh, we are going to learn a little more about Hunter after the break. I see you soon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back, everybody. Assuming there's an ad there. Uh, In the novel... Hunter is a stranger who gives Artyom a note inside of a bullet casing that's on a necklace. Uh, after he that after Artyom tells him his story about going to the surface and making contact with the Dark Ones, um, so that's the difference. He's a friend of the family in the game, opposed okay. to just some dude that uh, shows up at exhibition after Artyom is on patrol. Okay, which that's, maybe yeah. better. I find it to be better personally. Yeah. Uh, in both, though, uh, Hunter does set off to close the barrier and stop the Dark Ones from coming into the Metro. Also in both, uh, Hunter asks Artyom specifically to go to Polis and deliver his message to Melnik or Miller, which is the same guy, just depending on whether or not it is translated into English, okay. uh, who is another Spartan Ranger, which is the Ranger organization on the surface. And you keep saying Polis, so he's going to the police. The police are still a thing? Is that what we're saying? No, <laughs> no he ain't no snitch. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. He's not going. He, he's not going to. He's not going to snitch. He's just like, yo, uh, if I disappear, call the cops and tell them the dark ones did it. And just like, <laughs> yeah, that, that that'll that'll handle our psychic monster problem. Is the police? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just the cool. Artyom. Wait, is it just the Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Artyom, we need you to make contact with the dark ones. We need you. To wear this wire while you do it. If we, can, <laughs> if we can get them on tape saying that they've been causing hallucinations in the population, then we can get them. Now, it's very important. If they ask you if you are police, you have to say yes. That is law. It's unbendable. Yeah. No matter what. Still. Anytime you are a cop, even if you are only acting as cop, you must admit when you are uh, undercover. Just because the world is over does not mean we are savages. We still have laws. <laughs> you tell that man you're wearing a wire if he asks. That's <laughs> funny thing, eh? Just pretending to be a... <laughs> First of all, thinking <laughs> that they would just... Yeah, it's we need a confession. That's the only reason why we haven't gotten rid of them yet, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody yeah. goes insane, so there's no uh, there, there's there's no actual witnesses because people keep right. going fucking crazy, right? No, you don't understand. We had an, an ironclad case, but there was a, a mix-up with the discovery in the first one, and the, the judge threw it out. So uh, <laughs> the prosecutor didn't share the evidence with the defense team, and uh, it's, it's a big mess, my friend. But as you yeah. know, in Russia, we have very good legal system. Yeah, they put the dark ones in like a minimum security facility, but it can go uh, go on, uh, you know, causing psychic terror for like thirteen hours a day. It just <laughs> yeah. has to sleep in prison. <laughs> Where are their courts? Is like the court of the Rat King down there? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. Polis is a large central station in Moscow, and it is it is kind of where society still exists. It's like the yeah. closest thing to a to a metropolis that you can get exactly in the, in the Metro twenty thirty three. It's the cool way of saying metropolis. It's apostrophe Polis. It's Polis, bro. Yeah. yeah. 
Mapolis Shaw. tips hat. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 uh, but regardless, the guy at Polis that he needs to talk to is Melnick or Miller. Uh, I'm going to call him Miller for the rest of the episode, but it's the same guy in the novels and in the uh, games. Okay. Um, he disappears. Uh, so Hunter, excuse me, disappears in both versions. Uh, so in the novel and in the game. Permanently in the game series, he does appear to Artsy Omen like psychic visions and shit, but he is never seen physically again. But Hunter returns as the protagonist of Metro 2034. So the follow-up novel is more about Hunter uh, than it is about Artsy It's like, hey, you remember this guy who disappeared? This is what he was up to. He's been doing this uh, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what was happening when Romeo and Juliet were like on the surface of Moscow? It's like, well, Hunter's doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hunter is dead. Um, throughout the journey, uh, Artyom encounters, uh, so on the journey from Exhibition to Polis, uh, Artyom encounters many people, factions, and events. Uh, he meets a man nicknamed Bourbon early in both the novel and in the game. Uh, and in game, he learns of Artyom's resistance, uh, psychic resistance, and asks for his help traveling through the metro in exchange for Bourbon's AK-47. He was going to give that away. Uh, which at this point is the best gun you will get in the game. It's, it is just like the plot reason for upgrading your weapons. Um, in in the novel, actually, the kind of like cobbled together handmade guns are not a thing, which is too bad. Because oh, yeah. Metro is like, yeah, too bad. But at the same time, like maybe more realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's not so easy. Yeah, to I mean, cobble together a firearm from old soda no. cans and uh, oh wait, it's uh, communist Russia, so no soda cans, but old beer cans and yeah. You know. Well, the um the, the the weapons in game are pretty cool. There's one of the shotguns. I don't remember what it's called, but it is it is just made of bike parts. Like the yeah, gear yeah. on the back is what rotates the barrel and shit. So yeah, yeah. Oh, those are all pretty cool. But in, in in the novel, it's just like they just have old Kalashnikovs and real guns that that they you know just had lying around. If I, only they had guns, they could have handled the rats. They could have those traps like in America. With yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see what ca- they were missing with capitalism? Yeah. They ran out of magnums. <laughs> Um, in the novel, which is, this is a, they completely flip it here. In the novel, Bourbon is not armed at all, uh, but Artyom is. He is sent by, he, he leaves with his, like, guard gun. He has an older Kalashnikov. Um, in both versions, Bourbon is killed, uh, before they get to where they need to go. Uh, in the game, he's shot by a bandit while fighting over a gun, uh, whereas in the novel, he dies mysteriously in a haunted tunnel. Um... <laughs> yeah okay you say haunted tunnel and i'm fully picturing a haunt like a, a haunted house to keep the kids uh happy in uh this post-apocalypse world or just like, lanterns <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he just like went in and some guy like jumped what? out and spooked him <laughs> he just had a heart attack and just croaked like that <laughs> no no don't go to haunted tunnel there's a there's a dead body in there well i know that's what kind of why i want to go in i i love that spooky <laughs> stuff no no you misunderstand a real dead body this one that's bourbon. <laughs> uh, so in the novel, when traveling through this tunnel, uh, a feeling of unease uh, sets in over both men until bourbon starts muttering to himself. And then he just kind of slowly whispers to himself, I am dead and collapses in front of Artyom. And he is just dead at that point. Um, Artyom tries to drag him to another metro station. Yeah, exactly. He's like, what? I'm going to go out on a high note. Watch this, bro. Watch the sick, sick trick, bro. I'm dead. And then that was the end of him. <laughs> um, Artyom tries to drag him to the following, the next metro station, but can't. Um, and then this is where he encounters the next major character that is in both versions. And this is Khan. Um, he, in both, uh, or at least in 2033, appears as like this mysterious, like 
Metro Shaman or something. Uh, okay. In the novel, he he claims to be the current and final reincarnation of Genghis Khan and states he is the final one due to the war having destroyed both heaven and hell. And now the souls of the dead have nowhere to go, so they remain in the Metro. So this <laughs> is his explanation how, like, Bourbon was killed just by the angry souls of the dead. A Metro Shaman, like, they set a bunch of, like, incense up and then read an old map of the sewer systems and yeah yeah like an old stuff. an old an old dirty they, they have like old scrabbled together uh sheets of newspaper like a bunch of different editions of newspaper and they just like cast them on the ground and then they just read the different stories how they line up on the on the ground oh yeah of them. that's <laughs> like how they the predict chicken the bones yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. it's funny you guys mentioned that he does have like a magical map with him though in the novel <laughs> yeah. just a metro map like yeah but uh, it it tells you where you need to go, or like where you where you where you need to go and how to get there safely. It is like it's like straight up magic. <laughs> um, and he has kind of magical or spiritual powers in both versions. Um, he exp- like it, he says that the dead are like angry and trapped. Um, this is how he explains the like singing through the pipes that people hear in the metro tunnels, um, and like it's the voices of the dead coming through like cracks in the walls. <laughs> um, it's the two thousand metro workers singing in the song. In the tunnels. It's the same it's the same song that's been playing now for twenty years. It drives men mad, and some say you can die from it. <laughs> um he ex- uh right, excuse me. Uh in game, Khan does not mention being reincarnated. Uh however, he does use his spiritual powers to protect Artsum from the dead, but in game he uses Eastern Orthodox prayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah so i'm just picturing he has like his magical map but obviously in the video game you already have a map and objective markers so he's like oh i see you already, you do, already yeah. have magical map let me give you something <laughs> else supernatural <laughs> powers yeah <laughs> well you've got that magical map but maybe we could use a little christianity while we're in these tunnels <laughs> yeah, eh? yeah. and just like praise but he does pray his way through a train full of ghosts so it does work he he does kind of get the hauntings out that's um, how you know it's fiction. In Religion the game. worked. <laughs> Tips Mapolis. <laughs> um, Khan does come back in Metro Last Light, but for some reason they turned him to like a, even visually, his visual design changed to like much more of like a cartoonish Tommy Chong character who was just like this mysterious wizard who you kind of run into in the first game. Uh, same in the novel he's just this spiritual guy who knows how to protect people from the hauntings in the metro and now he's like like nobody believes him people treat him like they're like he's a fucking crackpot despite the fact that everyone in the second game has encountered psychic monsters at this point (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah magic's not not real what about all the ghosts well those aren't magic those are radiation that's clearly different Nobody said ghosts were magic con. Um, <laughs> con does just vanish at some point after the second game, though. He, he is not in Exodus, uh, and he disappears like a shaman would, I guess. In a puff of smoke? You know, he just dissolves into hemp and then blows away in the wind. Sure, yeah. He fucks enough women to be uh, in the genetics of the next thousand generations and then disappears yeah. like smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why they took that part out of the game. That that was a very long few chapters. <laughs> yeah, <but just>, watching <laughs> watching the Tommy Chong caricature just fuck all these women was just like yeah, yeah. Con and his harem bit bit much. 
Yeah. Um, Artyom, after being saved by Khan, is eventually taken hostage by the Fourth Reich, uh, which is a group formed by the survivors of what is assumed, it's never really clear, it's what is assumed to be the uh, survivors from what is the actual neo-Nazi party in Russia formed in the 90s, who are the Russian National Unity Party. Uh, they are still in operation, um, and Glukovsky took this and kind of projected them into the future as that they would, you know, kind of just start taking over metro stations and and going from there as the Fourth Reich. Um, in game, they don't play much of a role, and they don't really play much of a role in the book either. Um, in game, they're only re- they're first encountered in the mission Frontline, where Artyom is kind of like the third party caught bet- caught in the crossfire between them and the Red Line, who are neo Stalinists. Um, however, he is taken hostage by them uh, early in Metro Last Light and escapes with the help of a Red Line major named Pavel. So you do get kidnapped by Nazis in the second one. Okay, cool. Yeah. The Reich iconography is described as what you'd expect, uh, but they use a modified three-armed swastika to represent the three metro lines that they operate out of. Okay. Uh, in the game, the swastika is not used, presumably because it's illegal in some countries, and modifying that would be annoying. Uh, they just use like a letter C uh, in the red dot on a uh, in the white dot on a red flag, opposed to the three-armed swastika. Okay, like they have in the copyright games. on uh, three-armed swastika, so they just use uh, the copyright it- logo. <laughs> precisely (laughs) i was thinking Uh, about uh, the metro um like if our metro had a bunch of people who needed to take shelter in it um especially around the time of this the wi-fi used to only work on the orange line as you approach the french side of town or the east side of town yeah it didn't work (laughs) on the west side so maybe the french would be like um a lot smarter and a lot more into intellectual stuff because they had access to all this information and all our english people would just like turn into savages with no no book learning to do and stuff yeah (laughs) no no wi-fi we're eating each other yeah yeah Um, In the games, the Reich is dangerous, but not particularly huge. Uh, It still operates mostly as a fringe group in opposition to the Red Line, presumably like the fringe party that currently exists in Russia, uh, which is the RNU. Um, The Red Line doesn't play much... RNU? (laughs) RNU fighting for the purity of the Metro? Always. Aren't you glad you didn't say banana? Only the Wi-Fi side. Also, always, James. I am always glad you didn't say banana. (laughs) <laughs> rn you glad we didn't say banana you're like he's a nazi get him <laughs> <laughs> that's the dog whistle <laughs> um the red line doesn't play much of a role in the novel or in the first game uh Artyom stays like in one of their stations for a while in the in the novel however they return as the primary antagonist of metro last light so the communists are the the main bad guys of the second game Whereas the antagonists of the first one are the Dark Ones. Um, the largest and most powerful uh, faction in all versions is the Hansa, uh, which is like a military and merchant organization that like really does its best to keep the Metro organized. So it's like the closest thing to a regular government operating like now in the remnants of society. Um, in some cases, they get it to some, some shady shit, but like what government doesn't, it's just like much smaller. So it's they're not particularly malicious in any way do they say where they get food down there do they just eat rats and stuff or what? uh they do eat rats in some cases but they mostly have pigs and grow mushrooms 
Oh, pigs yeah. and shrooms. The old pigs yeah. and shrooms diet. Shroom, shroom vodka. No hot sauce. Sorry, Jamie. This <laughs> <laughs> is a bland, bland diet. Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a martini with uh, two p- knuckle bones in it. <laughs> Just <laughs> ew <laughs> on, a, on a toothpick. Yeah, yeah no olives. So <laughs> thank you. Oh um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. <laughs> Um, in the novel, Artyom is saved from the Reich by a smaller group of different commies uh, who carry around a flag of Che Guevara and consider themselves to be real communists and are opposed to the neo-Stalinist Reds. Okay. I yeah. mean, yeah. He, it's che Guevara he doesn't is, spend too much time with them. Che Guevara is a problematic figure in his own right, but I would think the more true communism figure than... Uh, Stalin, Stalin ever was? Ever was? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, a, not high praise, maybe, but sure. Yeah, better than Stalin. is like, it's a, it's a yeah. low bar to clear, but yeah. all right, yeah. Could've, you yeah. you could have <laughs> used Marx, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. We're the cool commies. Fuck those normie commies. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah there's a, they're, they call them normunists in the yeah. game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all named Norman. Um <laughs> <laughs> There's just something cooler about a communist riding a sick motorcycle, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, come <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, Artyom eventually gets to Polis in every version, uh, which is like I was saying, the centralized metro and the big city. He's a, he's just a, he's just a country boy going going to, going to the big city is what this what this entire kind of story is about. Um, the politics of it have changed quite significantly, which I find very bizarre because in the novel, it, it's not explained in the games at all, but in the novel, they have like a super rigid cast system that is in place. So when you're, when you turn 18 at Polis, you just make a permanent choice on how you want to live the rest of your life. I will have you know that the world has only been over for 20 years. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's the, like first, the first, well, I mean, I guess for the first 18 years, it's like. When it first happened, everybody had to make that choice, and then now they're just like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna do it to all the new people too," uh, and then eventually yeah. somebody must have said, "Like, well, let them turn eighteen at least before they." Yeah, well, it's a lot less than two decades for humans to like fall into weird ass patterns just because of the circumstances, like the the prison experiment there, like yeah. you just beat people in for a week, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're going to be crazy. All of a sudden, none of the undercover cops want to tell you that they're a cop anymore. It's uh, just yeah, fucking yeah. anarchy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like give somebody a baton and the key to a cell, which doesn't actually lock, and they just turn into a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I was saying, the cast system is not in game, but Artyom does deliver his message to Miller in both versions and then is sent up to uh, the um, National Library to search for the documentation on the D6 military base. Um, so the library level in the game and the library mission chapter in the book are very similar. Uh, D6 is like the KGB code name for a supposed secret second Metro line called Metro 2. Uh, people have claimed to have found it in real life, but it still pretty much exists as only as a conspiracy theory from what I understand. So Artyom is still the Alex Jones of this story, where <laughs> yeah. he, he does go to Metro yeah, too, yeah. in the same way that Alex Jones went to fucking Bohemian Grove or whatever. Yeah. Is Montreal going to release their Metro too, right? Uh, yeah, for years. Right. Now. We keep getting yeah. updates. Like we got elevators now, but like, man, yeah. I, like we had no update. We had no elevators in Vanilla, and I was okay with that. Yeah. I've been paying my sub fee for like so long, and it, it's like you got to pay off the rip, then you got to pay every single month, and it's the same old game every yeah. year. You know them. You know um, the. You know the elites. You know they got a Metro Two, right? They got a Metro <laughs> Two, okay? 
They're, they're not sharing it with us. They're not sharing. They're not, they don't want to share. Stone cutters. Yeah. They're harvesting babies. They're yeah. harvesting babies and they're eating them on Metro yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this episode has taught me one thing, and that's my impersonation of Alex Jones is the same as my impersonation of, of Obama. Apparently, oh so. my god, <laughs> you're, you're you're practicing. I, well, you remember his uh, his inauguration speech where he, where Obama came up and he was like, "They're eating babies on Metro too." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like that. You've got like the 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 hope or the change poster, whatever the fuck it said on his like blue and red one, but it just says they're eating babies and it's yeah, a yeah. picture of Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess there's your art idea, Peter, that you were asking for. Oh, I was, I was thinking of one already. It's okay. Yeah. Um, there's just like the the meme of the two guys shaking hands, and it's Obama and Alex Jones, and just something about drones in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're airstriking babies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of true. But. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, kind of, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LOL moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, a man named Daniel. So, for, on the mission up to the National Library now, uh, a man named Daniel accompanies Artyom in both versions. Uh, in the game, he's a ranger like Miller, um, and actually delivers us an Easter egg while they ent- when they enter the library. Uh, he reads off several titles of a bunch of books that are just on a shelf. One of which is Roadside Picnic. So maybe uh, he would have been a fan. one of them. Maybe he would have been a fan of the Lore Boys. <laughs> well, I think it's confirmed. We know Alex Jones is, and we're saying that this guy's the Alex Jones of uh, the Metro Universe. So, yep, longtime friend of the show, Alex Jones. <laughs> him He'll Nick be Can- on next week. Yeah, him and Nick Cannon, big buddies, big conspiracy theory buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, in the novel. Uh, Daniel is a member of the Brahmin caste of Polis. So they did take the Hindu caste names and adapted them to uh, the station. Sure. Uh, The Brahmin in Polis are secretive priests who seek to learn and retain as much knowledge as possible from the past. Uh, He does, however, insist to Artyom, who asks him, oh, you're a librarian. He says, fuck, no, I'm not a librarian. Don't call me that. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Feisty. One one part of the novel that is sadly missing from the game uh, are the rules about the Kremlin. So when you're outside on the surface, you may notice that the Kremlin is somehow completely untouched by devastation. Um, and looking at the stars on the towers of the Kremlin is said to drive people crazy. Uh, Daniel describes them as pentagrams that the Soviets used to summon demons that would have de- that had doomed the world. Cool. Um, so you don't see the Kremlin as far as I know in the first game, but you do go there uh, in the uh, second one. Um, why it is undamaged is unknown. It may be kind of the supernatural evil that haunts Moscow now uh, that protected it. In reality, the reason that's staring at the stars uh, on the towers of the Kremlin in the novel is that a gigantic psychic bioweapon lives in there now and uses the stars to broadcast that and hypnotize and lure in its prey. Uh, multiple characters are killed by this thing uh, on their way to the metro station nearest to the Kremlin. That's very cool. I'm st- yeah. <laughs> I'm still um, stuck on, on the fact that librarian is like a religious slur. Like, they're the meekest, most nicest people. Like, why, why would you not want to And the meek like- shall inherit the earth. That's what the Greek Orthodox yeah. teaches us. Um, uh, Russian Orthodox is the same thing. It's all it's all Eastern Orthodox. I uh, I said Greek and I meant Russian because it's all the same to me, Peter. It uh, is. It, it, <laughs> um, as a, as a layperson, I could not hope to understand the difference. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't pronounce any of the gobbledygook in this episode. Like I don't fucking know what it means. <laughs> I like to think that the Kremlin is actually destroyed 
it's as soon as you said it, I was just gonna pause this, and then you told the thing about the the bioweapon uh, psychic monster living in there. Um, but I like to think that it is just destroyed. It's just this thing, Siren Song, is showing a perfectly intact building, which would naturally draw in people, right? Yeah, just, just to be yeah. like, oh my god, like some something's still standing. I gotta go check that out, and then it kills them because I guess that's the monster's uh, shtick. Yeah, it's like the lure on an anglerfish. Like, the rules of going up to the surface near the Kremlin is you're not supposed to look at it, but you're not allowed to go up alone because if somebody starts getting hypnotized by it, you need a buddy to just be like, hey, man, this way. Like, hey, to distract hey, you from it. Yeah. Hey, look so at this. Look at this. The link. Look at this, buddy. Look at this. Whoa, whoa a frog. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, a frog. You see that? Mm, yeah, yeah found it on the ground. Come yeah, on. Oh, it's oh, cute. Look, it's gay. It's gay. The frog's gay. The frog's gay. <laughs> the frog's gay. You, don't, you know who did that? You know who did that? That Brahmin priest. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the one I Brahmin called Brahmin globalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brahmin globalist. Hmm? Yeah, he made the frog's gay. You see this? You see this little wiener? You see this little wiener? It's excited Globalites. for little other male frogs. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> All the other frogs with little wieners, dude. Yeah. Well, he likes fro- wiener, frog wieners. That's what he likes. <laughs> little guy. <laughs> um, A French so, delicacy, uh, can I just say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Frog's legs, but only the ones with wieners, please. <laughs> only the ones. <laughs> yeah. Only male, please. Yeah, it's, I want my wieners on my frog's legs and pulp in my orange juice. Oh, yeah. I'm a real sicko. Oh, it's like shrimp. Yeah. Uh, some of them are deveined. Or some of them are deveined and some of them aren't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, which one's better? Honestly, uh, the globalists are deveining the shrimp, Alex. <laughs> Don't devein um, the main vein, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when you go to the Kremlin and Metro Last Light, it is also intact and very, very haunted, but like really more haunted by the souls of the dead. There is no psychic monster inside, uh, but you can find Lenin's skull in his little glass coffin Aww, in the second game. Nice. Yeah. Um, so in both versions, the library is under the control of more terrifying ape-like mutants called librarians which is why it is a slur for the brahmin to be called librarians because the librarians are literal monsters (laughs) um and in both artyom is told the only way to protect yourself from a librarian is by staring at them directly in the eye so they will not attack you if you're looking at them in the game and if you stare them in the eye they will not attack you in the novel as well Oh, I thought it was going to be a sound thing. That would have been too perfect, right? Because you can't speak in a library. So you got to be really quiet. They can't see you. They can only hear you kind of thing. So they're not blind. There there are blind librarians in Metro Exodus, but not in the first game or in the novel. Yeah. So that does that does come up, but they're in a they're in a different part of the in a different part of the country. Can I just say that I'm pretty sure that I looked it up this librarian thing. I'm pretty sure this is what I wasted all my ammo trying to kill. And you're telling me I could have just looked at it. You have to just stare at I it. I could have just stared at it. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure the entire time I was banging my head against that wall and just kept dying and kept falling into the water. I'm sure there was like dialogue subtitles that was like, just, just look at it, friend Artyom, and it won't attack us. Uh, it is. It, it is that There's, there is like an organic like dialogue tutorial where it's just like, just remember, look them in the eye is the only thing they fucking tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's it. And I'm sure I kept looking in the eye, shooting them, then turning around to get as much distance between me and them as possible and uh, yeah. get myself killed. In the game, they're way bigger bullet sponges than they are in uh, the novel, but uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh, game Daniel is wounded in the library, and Miller has to take him back to Polis. Uh, novel Daniel is briefly separated from Artyom, and then when he is rediscovered after calling out in kind of like a weird voice... Uh, it is found that a librarian has one of its clawed hands inside of his stomach and is hiding behind him doing a ghoulish impression of his voice. 
They Kermit the Frogged him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Artyom, how are you doing? <laughs> come, friend, comrade. Okay, this is this is such an amazing uh, come together of uh, lore boys uh, things because we have a Minecraft server uh, for the listeners at home who didn't know. Join the Discord if you want to join it. But I have a uh, USSR Soviet Kermit skin for Minecraft, which was the next time I hopped on Minecraft is was going to be the one that I was going to bust out. So maybe I'll oh do it between now and God. Wednesday. I'll just yeah. hop on the server with some people to show off my Soviet Kermit costume. <laughs> Little known fact about librarians is their shoulders are actually higher on the right side than the left side from years of of um, yeah. trapping other people by imitating. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see, I see. The, the yeah. key to defeating the librarians in-game, Ethan, is to get below the stage so you can actually hit them. Because they don't take much damage if you shoot through the puppet and hit the hand. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. You, gotta, you gotta go behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah well, you got, you've been looking. The, you've been looking Kermit in the eye the whole time, and he doesn't take any damage. Uh, that's my problem. That's my problem. Yeah, son of a bitch lured me right off that raft. Gutted Kermit might be good art too. I have a couple of things to roll on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just it, it's just hiding behind him, doing an impression of his voice. But Artyom is staring at it. Uh, at this time, Daniel is still alive, just kind of like moaning in pain because he hasn't been completely disemboweled. The clawed hand of the monkey man is just you know inside of his guts. Um, Daniel had retrieved the information about D6, which Archon retrieved from his body after killing the librarian behind him and putting Daniel out of his misery. Cool. And this was book, yeah. right? This one? This is in the book, yes, because uh, game Daniel, like I said earlier, uh, gets wounded and Miller is just like, well, I need to take him back to Polis. Good luck. It's a stealth yeah. mission now, nerd. So that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Miller and Melnick's yeah. like, no, Artyom, friend, you don't understand. Librarian grabbed him by the stomach. I have to take him back home. He's just like, well, okay, see you later, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a different guy nicknamed Ten in the novel who has his leg like completely twisted backwards by a librarian, who is the guy that gets rescued by Miller. But in in game, it's Daniel who is the is the overlap character there. Ten is not in the game. There's a different character called Ulman who is not in the novel, and so I didn't do a comparison there. What a fun, what a fun thing! Out, yeah. out with one, in with another, huh? Yeah. So uh, the library is basically the main plot point that I got to in the audiobook. Uh, now I'm just going to very quickly summarize the differences between the ends of the game and the novel, because, again, they overlap a bit and differ in some ways. Um, In-game, Artyom goes to D6 using Metro 2 with Miller and Alex Jones and the other the other Spartan Rangers, um, and in the book, he does not. Um, the large Kremlin monster from the novel seems to be transposed into D6, and it's just called the Biomass, uh, and it's really more of an environmental puzzle than anything that attacks you with these little, like, amoebas that kind of, like, roll at you. There's these, like, little slime orbs. It's probably the hardest part of the original game because that's where the jank really comes through, especially on higher <laughs> difficulties. D6 is fucking impossible. Like, I did beat the game <laughs> on Ranger, but it's unbelievably hard because, like, little basketball-sized amoebas that are below your field of vision never stop coming. Yeah. It's just constant. You and of course, if you thought you didn't have enough an ammo to kill librarians, you, you literally will never run out of amoebas, and you just have to run through the level. It's just like COVID. Six. It's just like <laughs> COVID, man. Friggin' COVID ruining everything. Let me tell you. We tried. We tried guns. There wasn't enough ammo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate. I hate the basketball-sized amoebas that keep coming at my uh, planned barbecues and baby showers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, like I was like, it's not the most exciting part. Uh, like the mind freak hypnosis thing is a lot more interesting. It seems to be connected with a faction that is completely omitted from the game for reasons that will become obvious, uh, which are the savage cannibals of the great worm. Uh, and that is just the title they chose. Um, it is a cult of <laughs> Wait, they chose most- for themselves. Yep. The savage part, even savage cannibals of the great worm is I get- everything except of the is capitalized, baby. <laughs> okay, they, so- that's that's a title <laughs> so of the great worm. If you respect worms and I assume this worm is a metro train. That's I'm going to jump, jump ahead and say, like, probably worship a metro train. Right. That makes uh, sense. You're probably right. Actually, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cannibals. Hey, if you're doing it. I guess you could admit it, right? Like, it's got a connotation to it, but that's like, if you're doing it, you might as well wear it like a badge of honor. The savage part, just like, why, why you gotta, why you gotta neg yourself like that? You know, like, (laughs) just, yeah. Be the, the, uh, the noble, uh, noble cannibals of the great worm, you know, be the (laughs) The founder. The founder was named like Scott G or something. He just wanted to spell his name. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, It was, uh, it was Scott Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, so, Ethan, you are right. So it is where it is never discovered what the worm that they worship is, but we do know that they are a xenophobic and completely anti-technology cult of mostly hypnotized and brainwashed children, which is why they are not in the game because you cannot put kids in a shooter. Fair. <laughs> so they took, they took the cult of children uh, that have been brainwashed by possibly a psychic priest there is like a creepy priest that runs the entire cult so this part was omitted what the worm is is unknown it is speculated that it is either the psychic biomass within the kremlin or a complete misunderstanding of a metro train that runs through d6 (laughs) and that is canon that's not that's not lore boys canon did you write this book I did, yeah. Actually. Claiming to have read it before it came out in English, and then all of a sudden knowing the twist at the end? Yeah, well, so I went to Dominican with my mom when I was 12 or 13, and I read it in Russian, and I didn't understand any of it. But <laughs> <laughs> clearly, it like yeah, clearly uh, metro cars or metro trains looking like giant worms transcends language. So, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Uh, the final location in both versions of the story is Ostenkino Tower, which is a real TV and radio tower in Moscow. Um, instead of D6, Book Artsyom goes to goes home to exhibition, where he reunites with his stepfather, Sukhoi, uh, who is still alive, despite the fact that the station now is starting to be overrun by Dark One attacks, because the entire the, the book takes place over the, about a week and a half. Okay. Um, so over the course of this time, things just continue to get worse while Artsyom was gone. And then from from uh, exhibition, he goes to the tower, opposed to taking a train from D6 to center of Russia to go to the television tower, because uh, the tower is the best vantage point to see the Dark One's hive that they live in, which has completely overtaken the botanical gardens. Uh, it's described as a beehive uh, in the book and in the um, game. It very much looks like like kind of inside of the beehive like without without all like the kind of papery stuff on the outside like all of the combs but they're all kind oh. of like large tentacles that grow out of like a central hive in the middle which is where the dark ones i was picturing me. a 1950s haircut you know. <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely it, so he whenever the bombs dropped he was at the bo- botanical gardens right he was yeah yeah so he dropped yeah. his ice cream cone and the bugs came started a hive and uh, <gasps> we're saying it's yeah. all artium's fault it is. 
four-year-old little bitch couldn't hold on to his vanilla ice cream cone, and then yeah. there we go, monsters. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't have vanilla in uh, in communist Russia. No, That's a get, little too. You, yeah. It's just ice cream. You get white yeah. ice cream. Yeah. We have we have two white or brown. Which would you take, yeah. little boy? They both taste like sugar and milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tap water and yeah, tap water and sugar, just shaved ice. <laughs> Um, the so the, the tower is the best vantage point in both to see kind of the death of the dark ones. Uh, in the game, Artyom sets up a targeting laser for the missiles that would be fired from D6, whereas in the novel, he's just an observer because he's not a video game protagonist. Sure. In both, he is contacted by the desperate dark ones since they had not driven him insane when he was a child. And psychically, they explain like, yo, we didn't intend on harming anybody we didn't know what kind of effect our psychic energies would have on people, and it, it is not intentional or hostile. They beg to be spared, and however, it is too late, and the in the novel and in the canon ending of the game, because there's two based on like a moral point system, the missiles are fired from D6 and completely obliterate the Dark One Hive. Um, Artyom weeps for them and sticks a coexist sticker on the back of his helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's Metro 2033 novel and gamer. Very cool. Yeah. So I have been your host, uh, dedicated to most of a book, Peter O'Donoghue. You can find my bullshit at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Or if you want to check out the merch, they sent me an email. There's a sale running right now, apparently. Uh, That is tpublic.com slash the Loreboys. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's a sale. Get get a mug, get a mask, get a t-shirt, get a yeah. loaf, of, a banana bread sleeve, get a whatever, whatever the fuck we sell on Tee Public. We sell a lot of shit. So yeah, a mouse pad, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just check out uh, loreboys.com/about. Hop in the Discord. That's where we are. Uh, I was hanging out in voice chat with uh, a big group uh, of folks this week, and uh, there's always people playing games and uh, interacting with each other. So if you've listened this far into uh, the show and the episodes, you probably have a lot in common with these folks. So it's a good place to be getting the yeah. discord. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people who just hang out and lurk as well. Uh, post the occasional meme. We had somebody today who was like, Hey, by the way, I've been here for months and uh, just posted a meme, realized I outed myself. And now I'm just going to fade back into the, uh, the ether beyond. Probably left the conversation. And if that, totally sounds, if that sounds like something that you want to do, then check the description of this episode. There is a link to the Discord. Uh, it'll probably try and open an app on your phone if you don't have the Discord app. Uh, you can download it. It's free. Uh, or uh, it's probably there's probably a browser version, right? I don't know who uses yeah, it. Yeah, there is. But uh, there prob- is. But like, if you browser. use it, you have to like sign in, or else you get like an unnamed account and stuff. But you can even join it without having an account. That's pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty wild. That's that's something that I didn't know. So I guess you could say I've been on the English speaking side of the Montreal Metro without Wi-Fi and have turned into a savage who wants to eat people. While it, whereas Jamie's been hanging on the <laughs> French speaking side, which has Wi-Fi and he's been able to Google such things as Discord. Yes. Um, <laughs> thanks so much to our patrons. Uh, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheLoreBoys. Uh, in some ways, you make this all possible. And in other more real ways, you make this all possible. So uh, thanks so much <laughs> to everybody who's, who's signed up uh, and donated and continue to donate and continue to make this just an awesome endeavor for us that kind of pays for itself at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, means the world. Means the world, really. Um, and if you don't trust Patreon, uh, of course, we do have Lore Boys Prime, something we've had from the beginning. 
Uh, and we're, we're offering some pretty, pretty fantastical prizes this week. Obviously, we've all heard it. COVID. Am I right? Uh, we, we've all had the nightmares. We've all seen the waking visions. We've all, you know, slit a couple of our friends' throats when we were standing in a room because had a little spat of COVID and thought they were monsters. We all had the amoebas at our weddings. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, I mean, basketball-sized amoebas at my weddings was not something <laughs> I'd planned for my wedding, but here we are, freaking COVID, right? So, uh... The Lord boys are working on a vaccine, okay? Somebody's finally got to make one. Oh, God. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, don't worry. We're, we're cutting Big Pharma out of this one, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, components to our, to, our, um, to our vaccine. I'm adding a dose of vegan gasoline. The boys wanted to add regular gasoline. I said, uh, I'm not putting dinosaur meat in my bones, thank you. Uh, oh, <laughs> vaccine is injected directly into the bone marrow. That's the only way we can figure out how to make it stay inside of you <laughs> is to put it right into the bones. Um, but we've all added a couple of dashes of, uh, you know, we, we've all played Professor X in creating uh, this this uh, formula. You know, I added a new race of Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, we plan on making Powerpuff Girls. So, Jamie and Peter, do you guys want to share some insights and in some of the some of the ingredients that you guys have shared uh, with the, with the vaccine? Yeah. I mean, there's been so many good ones. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I actually just put some woke Coke in it, not because it helped at all with the vaccine, but kind of made us feel good. So. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, cool. it's ethically sourced, so I felt good buying it off the guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the fucking rat dealer in the bottom of the metro yeah yeah i mean i mean his name was jet ski he was wearing oakley's in the metro it was i don't know it was a, it was an enlivening experience for me <laughs> yeah and for me personally uh i was the best man at my buddy's wedding in june uh i got some amoeba samples there and you know vaccines don't work with a little bit of virus in there that's what gets it to go uh so i got the uh, amoeba samples right there so we're ready to put amoebas in your bones boys like don't don't worry about it. Yeah, they're basketball size though, so the needle point's kind of big. Yeah. It's uh, a big gauge. Yeah. <laughs> also, and and don't tell Jamie this. When he took all the legs off his furniture, I ground it all up and put it into the into the vaccine. So you're gonna get some of the legs <laughs> of Jamie's furniture in there. Okay. And IKEA I, furniture. Yeah. <laughs> amoebas. Yeah, yeah. Cocaine. <laughs> gasoline. There we go. We're good. Uh, that's a vaccine, baby. And I think yeah. that is a war boys. War My name's Ethan. If I wrote a script today, it would be a lore uh, episode on Peter's first ear doctor. Uh, if I, James is my name, and if I wrote an episode today, it would be on um, Peter's cat ear doctor, which is uh, just the same, but uh, paid a little bit less. Yeah, I mean, it, the cat ear doctor really did give him some great cat ears, though, I gotta say. Really yeah. superseded his original ear doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, my name's Peter. Uh, if I had an ear doctor at any point in my life, I would have hoped it was a cat ear doctor. <laughs> a cat ear doctor? You want your doctors to be cat ear? You want them to be more, like, bitchy? Oh, a cat ear, uh, a cat ear doctor? It's like, yeah, it's, it's like... Can you fucking hear me? It's like no, that's why I'm. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you even listening to me right now? Oh my god! Yeah, if a, so if a doctor had cat ears, then like for COVID and stuff, they'd have to wear a mask over the face and like little things to strap down their big ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> in there. There it is. Yeah. Don't breathe <laughs> in my ear holes. 
I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't remember uh, Teresa Tam asking us to double up on earplugs at any prevent COVID. I just. Well, we don't have big openings like those cats. Yeah, I just remember. I gorilla glued my ears shut at the beginning of COVID. So. Oh yeah, like that lady in her hair. <laughs> oh god, that makes you so uncomfortable. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 